and hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Stuart Vine and welcome to episode 5 of my Retro Review Series where I look back at all wrestling pay-per-views from a certain year. If you've been keeping track, we've been watching uh, the year 2000, kind of the best year creatively I've been told and it hasn't disappointed so far from the four pay-per-views I've watched so far and reviewed. Obviously we've got through Royal Rumble, No Way Out, the disappointing WrestleMania 2000 and the outstanding follow-up uh, Backlash 2000. Now our next stop on this journey is Judgment Day 2000. That is kind of remembered for the Rock and Triple H 60 minute Ironman match for the WWF title as well as a returning Undertaker debuting his new American Badass gimmick that he basically trademarked for most of the 2000s. But um, before we dive straight into this pay-per-view, uh, just a little bit of um, a reminder, if you're watching this on YouTube, can you please like and subscribe? That'd be really appreciated. Um, we'll get this video known and kind of, um, you know, play with the YouTube algorithm. So, you know, more notable would be awesome. Uh, but if you want to listen to it on podcast form, you can find this podcast on Spotify, um, iTunes, Google uh, Podcasts, all that kind of awesome stuff. Where you find your podcast, that's where this podcast would be. So if you can um, follow and like, subscribe, that'd be awesome. So, but yeah, enough of that stuff. Let's go dive straight in into reviewing Judgment Day 2000. Hit the music. So for the benefit of those with flash photography, <laughs> I told you, get your camera. We have a brand new pose just for you. What is your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. You're fired. That Austin 316 says I just ripped your ass. Welcome to Raw is Jericho. And that's the bottom line, the Stone So yeah, let's talk about Judgment Day 2000, a show that was held at Freedom Hall in Kentucky, Louisiana on the 21st of May 2000 with the attendance of 16,827 with the legendary commentary team of Jerry the King Lawler and good old JR Jim Ross on the commentary table but um, yeah the show started off with uh, the man helms yeah in the kind of like their dressing room kind of discussing tactics for the kind of um, their show tonight so all in big matches you've got triple h going against the rock in a 60 minute iron man match for the wwf title you've got uh, the dx i think road dog and x park going against the dudleys in a tables match and you've got shane going against the big show in a fool's count anywhere match might be wrong yeah so they're all in big matches so they're kind of like bigging themselves up Obviously, you've got Briscoe coming in. Obviously, he's your new hardcore champion after winning it by taking it from Crash, who was sleeping I think, a couple of weeks ago prior to the show. It's kind of funny. Uh, so, yes, he was told to get tea. But when he was when he, when he came out of the dressing room, he got ambushed by the headbangers, who are, as you know, hardcore rules. Twenty you have to defend that tower 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anywhere, anytime. And, yeah, he got attacked by the headbangers, but was able to hide in the toilet. And for most of the show... We'll go for it when we get there. He was kind of just tiptoeing around the backstage area, trying to avoid anyone that would want to take their title away from them. But t- take his title away from them, I mean. So, yeah, so that's how we started the show. But the first match of the show, we kicked off with a six man tag team match. We have Too Cool, Grandmaster Sexay, Rikishi, and Scotty Too Hottie going against Team ECX, or I like to call it Edge Christian and Kurt Angle. Uh, this is the start of that whole little um, connection thing that, you know, like they become a team and kind of start doing stuff. Um, obviously, this is the good thing is we'll get into that time with Edge and Christian where they're doing, a, you know, uh, was it uh, for those with flash photography type thing? 
you know, that's really cool because it's like I'm getting to that point. We now we've got angles involved. We know how awesome they're going to be together. So, yeah. So, obviously, how this match kind of started was basically at most feuds start with Akishi. He tried to stink face someone and they're not very happy about it. And it's basically what happened here. Was it was it just after the backlash? Obviously, a match between, I think, Too Cool and Edge Christian. Obviously, Rikishi gave Edge and Christian a stink face. There was a nice backstage segment going in uh, in the weeks leading up where, you know, Edge and Christian are getting, you know, like facials because, you know, this is disgusting. They've got some of these arse in their faces. It was very funny. But, yeah, so that's kind of how this feud kind of started between them two. Uh, it did kind of take a back burner, though, in some ways because, obviously, um, Rikishi was kind of more involved in the McMahon stuff. Uh, weeks going into this and it does feel like when you're watching it show by show it feels like they were kind of forgetting about it at some point so then they kind of a week, two weeks before they were oh okay we've got to actually you know build this match so um yes obviously there but they put cut ankle uh, just, just to randomly put them together you know when a six-man tag against y2j and hardy boys and on an edition of smackdown uh the excuse i think that cut ankle getting involved in this kind of feud against too cool was that basically he wants to get revenge on Rikishi for trying to stink face Stephanie Man? Obviously, um, I think that was a couple of weeks before. Obviously, there was a brawl, and obviously, there was a chance to. Um, it was very close for Stephanie Man getting her ass in her face. That um, just shows that the attitude error was very attitude error was very weird. Don't judge. Don't judge me for liking um, you know attitude error kind of stuff. They done some very strange stuff. Let's just say. But yes, yeah, so obviously Kurt Angle, and also another reason why he kind of joined Edge and Christian because you know um, kind of he's the only one that kind of respects kind of Edge and Christian and Locker. They all hate basically all, all hate Edge and Christian. They're all jealous of them. It's it's a usual trope. It's nothing special. But um, yeah, so it's kind of the build up to it really. So you know it's nothing too crazy. Um, but the good thing about Achidere, you don't need anything too nuts to get like a, a few going. It's that kind of interesting. But um, yeah, so we'll talk about the match in general, though. Obviously, we got uh, we had them all. Uh, was it Edge and Christian and Kurt Angle in the ring? Kind of all like kind of using the, the typical heel tropes you expect. You know, like kind of playing down the kind of uh, state they're in. Uh, they did have some like the bag. They were carrying bags. Found that they were kind of like basically like some like southern stereotype band banjos and all that kind of stuff like the weird crooked teeth you know the really insulting stuff that you couldn't really do <laughs> these days so we had that so you know typical they've done the heel work great Kangle was great at this point as christian just knew what to do they were kind of like that cocky young arrogant heels and it was yeah it was kind of it was really you know it's offensive you couldn't do it now but um yeah so um, starts off the match it was kind of um had a lot of what was it early setup for stink faces um a lot of stacking uh, we had a bit with Kishi stacking up Edge and Christian and kind of Angle in the corner, all in, all in the same corner, stacking them up. Um, so then there was a lot of um, chance that it was going to, uh, you know, who was going to get the stink face. So yes, had a lot of that. We had a lot of um, weird matches. This was with a lot of uh, was it um, asses in faces attack, attacks down below, and there was this nice little spot I think where uh, was it Scott totally tripped Edge onto um, Christian's kind of balls, like tripped him. Oh, it's just. I mean, to be fair, I hope they plan not to have kids because I don't think they ever had. So maybe that's why. Thank, thank you to Scott Toy. That's why you don't have kids. I'm joking, of course. I'm totally joking. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff. We had a little, last little funny with uh, Grandmaster Sexy has some trouser problems. Yeah, that Scotty Too Hotty was kind of taking the mick out for, taking the mick out for. Uh, it's kind of funny, but uh, when it comes to matchups, though, when inside the match as well, you had um, Scotty Too Hotty trying to go for the worm on Christian, but Kurt Angle being the, uh, the uh, dastardly heel, stopping it from the tracks, stopping it in its tracks. 
he wasn't uh, the crowds were not happy at this point because everyone loves the worm who doesn't like the worm I love I love, I love the worm it's one of the coolest things in wrestling it shows how ridiculous and awesome it can be like, a move that basically has no significance and this basically is a man doing a weird dance and just putting a elbow drop or like you know hitting it it's, it's ridiculous it's like the rock bottom it's it's cool but when you think about the, the move it doesn't work but it works here I don't know wrestling is strange which is so it's Except, trust me, it's awesome. <laughs> trust me. Uh, but yeah, as you expect, the crowd was very like you know, it's actually they were kind of crowd, so they're really up for it. Uh, we had again, we had another one in spot with Kesey doing the kind of stacking them up. Um, all three of the um, Edge and Christian and Kurt Angle. But unfortunately, it was Kurt Angle that got the stink face. So he has to, I think, he's got a lot of washing his face moments um, after this match. But um, yeah, so Kurt Angle got it. Uh, we did have Edge trying to, you know, the ultimate but the, mo- the ultimate insult, trying to go to worm himself with Scott Jaholti. Didn't work. Obviously got countered. Um, and um, yeah, we got a double worm by uh, by Scott Two Oddy on Edge and Kurt Angle. But um, at this point, I think Edge and Christian and team were heels. Had enough of this. Uh, going back to their old trademark, because obviously last couple of pay-per-views you got was Edge and Christian using foreign objects like, you know, pipes or kind of like, you know, uh, ring bells. In this case, obviously, the ref was distracted. And obviously, Christian hits Rikishi with the ring bell. clocking clocking the noggin. He's out. Edge looks like he was just about to win. And... Out of nowhere, you've got Grandmaster Sexay putting on his goggles, going to the top, hitting that really top rope leg drop on the back of the neck of, it, of Edge. And then Mikishi just put, you know, pinned Edge and got the win. Uh, we did have a bit of a cut angle near the end trying to trying to stop it, but I think, I think uh, the, the two cool try, uh, stopped him from getting involved. But uh, yeah, fun opener. Nothing crazy here in the sense of anything. It's just, I think watching these shows like backlash and other ones they're very good at picking the right matches to start off you start off the show i mean i think the second time i think they've started i think edge and christian has started off a kind of pay-per-view during this era and obviously you can see why because they're very good at what they do you can see why they put them on more significant spots because edge and christian were very good at what they did they're very entertaining and yeah it was good stuff uh one thing i've got to point out here is um just a little side note here with Rikishi here Watching this match made me realise, why did they turn this guy heel during this time? Obviously, the guy was over, because the obviously, too cool thing was really cool, for obvious reasons, no pun intended. But it was obvious that all he had to do was give him a face run, and this guy could have been like the top one of the top stars in the company. But they decided to turn him heel, and it kind of cut his momentum. So, watch this match a bit, a bit slow, I guess, but yeah, just... Um, why did they turn him heel? But yeah, obviously Edging Christian and um, Kurt Angle keep working together after this. It's really cool. And um, yeah, obviously I think too cool. I think, I don't know particularly when what they do after this, but yeah, they do some cool stuff. I think they win the tag titles this year in 2000 as well at some point. That would be awesome. So I'd be interested to see where that goes. But yeah, I mean, match-wise, it was just fun. You had some funny moments. You had good spots. You had everyone. The crowd were totally up, up for it. It's what an opening match should do. It really gets you pumped, really engaged. Like, it gets you going, yeah, this is a show. I love it. So, yeah, I mean, if, give it, if we're going to rate it, I'll give it a 3 out of 5. Good stuff. Not surprising here. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, next, we went to backstage segment with Shawn Michaels. Obviously, is the special guest referee. I probably should point it out that <laughs> during the intro. My bad. Uh, yeah, so obviously, special guest referee. Um, a lot of talk going into this show was that... Who would he choose? Because obviously he was the he was he's always Triple H's friend. But also last time he was a special guest referee between uh, The Rock and Triple H. He cost The Rock the match and Triple H won the title. 
on, on the first edition of SmackDown. So it was able to talk and obviously he was saying he's going to be impartial, that kind of stuff. So that was kind of the other hook that was really in for the main event. Would Sean play it down the middle or would he turn? And we'll find out when you talk about the main event. So that leads us nicely into the second match of the night and the first championship match to take place on Judgment Day 2000. We had a triple threat match for the WWF European Championship where all three of the remaining radicals facing off for the title. We had Eddie Guerrero, who was the defending champion, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. In a kind of match that was kind of set up purely for the fact that basically um, it's basically built around the hunger for more gold it's basically what it was you got obviously it all started when you kind of like everyone in the group like you know Dimilinko is the like heavyweight champion Eddie Guerrero is the European champion you have obviously at this time Chris Benoit is the intercontinental champion the only one that doesn't have a championship is Perry Saturn uh yes so obviously and because of this, obviously, when Dimalinko was going against Crash for the hardcore title, he got involved in that match and even, like, took out, like, you know, took, uh, what was it, Dimalinko off a pin because he wanted to win the title because it's all about gold. They all want gold. That I can totally get. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Eddie Grell getting really cocky now because he's got China in his corner, you know, sitting there basically saying to him, like, yeah, man, you guys just need to get laid, you know. Typical excuse, like, man, why are you so serious, man? Did you get laid? And, obviously, they didn't take too kindly to that um they did have a bit where was it perry hits uh dimalenko in a tag team match against the hardys accidentally kind of just fueled the fire of you know more you know why they hate each other at this point you know to start off we did have a bit where we kind of had like a number one contenders match uh kind of set up by china kind of she was messing with them as well because you know to help her you know her boy her you know boyfriend um, eddie guerrero we had a lot of stuff with flowers and a lead pipe that was in the flowers that kind of caught, uh, hit them both in the noggin and a double disqualification. And um, yeah, so that that's where he thought it was going to go. But you still had the triple threat. But yeah, it's basically what it is. Is basically they're hungry for gold. Eddie Guerrero's getting cocky because he's now got you know he's with someone, and obviously China's messing with them to split them up so he can keep Eddie Guerrero away from the group and do his own thing with her basically what it is and the story going in with his title reign is that Eddie Guerrero can't win without help from China that's fine she's always got involved in his title matches and I don't think he's ever won clean at this point so I think that's the point of this feud but um come on you got three of the great generation of wrestlers here we've got Eddie Guerrero we know how great he is Dean Malenko is the most underrated kind of technical wrestler of his of his era of his generation and then you've got Perry Saturn is more He's actually really good as well. I just don't think he gets the credit because everyone reminds him of obviously later on in the 2000s when he was kind of made, was it fall in love with a mop? That's, as I said, actually really weird, <laughs> really weird. But um, yeah, when it comes to the match, it was again, it was really, really, as you expect, technically really good. Uh, just a nice little thing. Obviously, China was there uh, ringside. Obviously, she was dressed up really nice at this point. Um, haven't she had, She's got them roses with the pipes, so got to be careful. Keep um, funny thing is, it does play into the finish quite nicely. Um, one thing I noticed in the match that was really fun, I found really funny, is uh, Dean Malenko is the only one that didn't get new music. Uh, he he's the one that got the old Radicals music that I find really funny because like everyone Eddie Guerrero's got one Perry Saturn got some new music but not Dean Malenko it's really harsh 
it's really harsh, really mean. But you know, it's the way it is. But this foot that's really funny. But so uh, when the match overall, it kind of started off with you expect with tri uh, triple threat matches, kind of all, uh, two teaming up on the other. Obviously, got Demon Link on Perry Saturn double teaming kind of Eddie Guerrero. I think it was like some sort of like nice little um, backbreaker, put him in a back breaker position and kind of parry sat and come from the top and land it was really cool can't describe it very well but it's really good match uh, really good um kind of um teammate but the question going into that uh, after the income matches like this is when they're going to turn who when are they going to this teamwork going to turn into they turn on each other eventually we did get that obviously when uh basically uh parry sat and uh, demon link were going to do a double team with eddie grell but then parry sat finally turned on him um, as you expect, um, we had a cool little um, kind of suplex situation. We we're all trying to go for a German suplex, and it's Perry Saturn on trying to go for a German suplex on Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko kind of countered, I think, and kind of like done, um, or Perry Saturn countered and kind of done low blow. And it just, the image is really funny where they're all just like, they've all got low blows. So great, it's a great little team move. It's really cool. I'm not describing it very well, but it's really awesome. Uh, yeah, again, the crowd were. Pretty much into this as you expect because obviously I think again crowds totally into this uh, product so makes it makes sense. Um, kind of no one really got control though. So like every time everyone got their moves in, everyone got their licks in. If you know what I mean, you had their kind of moments. I think Eddie Guerrero had a moment when he was in control, and then obviously Dimalinko played with Saturn. You, it's like it was so evenly poised because they know each other so well. I like that in matches like that. Um, we got a nice little Tiger Bomb by Dimalinko and Eddie Guerrero. We also got a lovely little um, Texas Clover Cloverleaf submission locked in by Dimalenko on Eddie Guerrero. Uh, but I said, yeah, no, no one really had the advantage. Uh, we did get a lovely gut buster from um, uh, Dimalenko and Eddie Guerrero as well from the top. Like a lovely, like, you know, literally, trust me, it is awesome. They've done that as well. Obviously, we've done uh, a bit where they all kind of used each other's moves. You had uh, Perry Saturn kind of going to the top, hitting his own uh, Fox Blast. It was actually surprisingly really good for the two. We also got um, Perry Saturn locking in the um, uh, the uh, Texas Coverleaf um, submission on Dean Malenko. And obviously, we've got Eddie Guerrero, um, obviously in tap, of course. And obviously, uh, Eddie Guerrero hitting the brainbuster on Perry Saturn, one of his old moves. She has it all hitting the old moves. Uh, we've got a nice double-double um, kind of like German suplex for all three of them that looked really cool. But um, for the match as a whole, the match kind of ended with China. As I said at the start of the talking about this match, China was involved. As Eddie, in Eddie Guerrero matches, she's always involved in the finish. And in this case, nothing's changed. Once again, she tried to hit, uh, was it Dimalenko with them flowers that have the pipe in them? Uh, was Dimalenko um, not falling for this time? Um, uh, was it told, uh, was it basically stopped her, um, hit her on the apron? But basically, when he was holding the flowers, she tripped him up. And he landed head first into this pipe, knocked himself out. And then he got, uh, well, Eddie Guerrero basically does what he does, like a really, like, you know really squeeze kind of like a pin, got the three, and yeah, so um, Eddie Grout is still European champion in a very good match, really good match, yeah, I, I don't know why I was surprised by this one, when you, if, you, if you watch back the kind of, um, the way they built these guys at this point, uh, I mean, Dima Linko, I think it's two year matches as well, he's had really good matches, I mean, uh, Scotty Too Hottie match was really fun uh, at uh, Backlash, so... And he's had this good match here. I think um, it'd be interesting to see if he has like a good run of good pay-per-views. Eddie Guerrero, um, kind of China thing. It'd be, it, I like it. It's really cool. It's funny. It's good. It's good to see um, how it ends. Because obviously at the moment, Eddie Guerrero is winning because China's helping him out. What happened, The interesting thing of that story, where did it go when you know, she doesn't help him out? Does he lose? It's, it'd be interesting. And obviously, Perry Satin. I'm assuming he'll still go for the hardcore title. Um, but I don't. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he's gone from this kind of wrestling machine 
to kind of um, loving a mob. I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But um, yeah, if we're going to give ratings, it gives us like a 3 out of 5. Again, the same as the opener, it's really fun. But very technical matchup. Um, I like the kind of stuff that they were using with like the neutral very well, so it felt very even. Um, hitting their own moves is really cool as well because it shows, again, the neutral very well. But yeah, the ending kind of storyline wise, I like because it kind of shows that Eddie can't win without China. So yeah, so it's good stuff. So definitely check it out. Um, this run with Eddie Guerrero is awesome. Um, I just wish they'd use Dean Malenko and um, Perry Sandmore because I've got, I think they had great wrestlers there. And I think, um, like I said, Dean Malenko is very underrated as a performer. Probably one of the best technical, said, best technical wrestlers of his generation. So, but yeah, definitely check this match out. But yeah, so obviously that's the first time match. We don't have a new champion. So yeah, so Eddie Guerrero is still your WWF European champion. So that uh, puts up nicely to another backstage segment with um, Briscoe hiding in the toilet, trying to stay away from anyone, taking out that hardcore tile. Um, so yes, that's going to be a constant theme throughout the show. But yeah, so Briscoe is still hiding in the toilets. Best place to hide when you don't want people to pin you when you're the hardcore champion. But yes, obviously next match to go into is the full count anywhere match between Shane McMahon and The Big Show. Um, in a match that's basically set up because basically Shane McMahon cannot keep his mouth shut. And it's just a horrible, horrible human being. Basically... Shane at this point, obviously, Big Show, as we found out, Backlash, he's gone through a kind of phase of just having fun, dressing up as famous people. Uh, I think he'd done, the, he done um, was it Hulk Hogan in Backlash? He'd done the kind of um, uh, fat bastard from Austin Powers. I've said this before, he's, he's gone through a phase. But obviously, at this point, there was no talk. Shane was kind of just dealing with it. But at this point, I think he was getting more cocky, and Shane was like saying how disappointed he was and how ridiculous and pathetic he is. Obviously, uh, Big Show didn't like this. Obviously, he was crying. Obviously, I would be too. It's really horrible stuff he was saying. Uh, but obviously, Shane was able to kind of coast him down. I think it was when he was going to go put him in a match against Chris Jericho, who was trying to fight um, to defend his Intercontinental Championship. I think it was... We'll go into that when we talk about that match. But basically, he was involved in that, and he lost it. But then, all of a sudden, this uh, kind of... Um, um, was it video came up on the Titans one and basically it was a phone call that we saw in that that episode that's basically saying of showing how pathetic he is oh look at him he's an idiot you know how how was it what was it the saying what was it saying what was it how far can he go how far can he go like apparently that was an insult I don't know why but yeah it's kind of saying how dumb idiot kind of stuff and obviously found a um kind of a video as I said of him him saying that obviously Big Show is furious at this point and yeah, and basically the whole thing is Shane is trying his best to stay away from the Big Show because when Big Show is going to get his hands on him, you are screwed. Uh, we did have a bit where was it was it Shane Man was phoned off the WWE.com sign off the stage. Big Show is not happy. Um, yeah, that kind of um, which way can you go kind of line. It's very strange. But yeah, so basically the whole story is don't call people names. Be nice, people. Or you're going to have a £500 monster trying to destroy you in a full count, fool's count anywhere match. And this is what we have. So obviously this is, um, I think this is kind of, funny thing is I thought this was the match that had the kind of big massive fall from the top of the um, scaffolding, the famous one when he went against the big show. I think, I, think, I think that was the backlash 2001. So I got it wrong. But So I thought this was match. I was waiting for that spot, but I never got that spot. But we did get some good stuff here, obviously. Uh, we got uh, Shane Man to start the match kind of playing mind games 
with the uh, big show, kind of wearing his own shirt with the kind of insult in the back, as you expect. He's a co- when he's got back up, he's a cocky. He's a he's a cocky little shit, isn't he? <laughs> shit man, very cocky. Uh, but you know, big show came down. Obviously, shit man thought you know, go for it, jumping over the top rope. Uh, but big show was like, ah, uh-uh, no, no, you forget I'm the big show. You know I can catch people. I'm bigger than you. Caught him, and then just kind of kind of like press slammed him, put him into the ring post, put him in the ring, and basically through the start of the match. Big Show was in control of the match, basically. Um, you know, playing with him, messing with him, somehow, you know, kind of saying stuff, how dare you, you know. Yeah, you know, want to, you want to mess with me, that kind of stuff. But as it's a false count, anywhere means it's an old disqualification stipulation. So you know what that means? So all of Shane Man's goons, obviously you got first, it was the big boss man came in, hit Big Show in the back of the leg. You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, as you expect, I was like, I would like a lead pipe. That's because I'm really weird like that. When, I, when you're going to chop someone in the back of the leg, Use their pipe. It's much more cooler. And I don't know why. I just really think. If I was a wrestler, I would be probably known as the guy that likes hitting people with brass knucks and a lead pipe. But um, it's not important. But yeah, Big Show didn't work. Obviously, bit, um, was it Big Boss Man got powerbombed by the Big Show with the stopped him. But you, so you got one goon, there's two more will take his place. Very Hydra um, type of thing. But yeah, obviously, you got um, uh, Tess and Albert or TNA coming out with the chairs. Um, kind of um, trying to take out the big show, and then we had this really cool thing where he just punched the chairs in both uh, T and uh, was it Tess and Albert's face. Really cool stuff. Um, obviously, you got Trish Stratus there, it was kind of a distraction. Try uh, came from behind, tried to low blow the big show, but it didn't work. Um, obviously, at this point, obviously, big show tried to press slam, kind of like you know, hold was it Trish, like uh-huh, nice try, and kind of put her up in a press slam and tracked him. Onto TNA, so they're out in the match. So looks like Shane Man is not going according to plan. So he's like running like SJ, I would say, run like a scalded dog, running up the stage. You know, like trying to get away from him. Um, doesn't work. Obviously, was it Big Show got him in the end? Um, yeah, was it throws him into the kind of Titan Tron kind of area? Yeah, basically Shane. Shane was getting chuckled the stuff that before we had that really awesome King of the Ring in two thousand one, where it got horribly uncomfortable, but. He was like a ragdog shit, man. He, he, I don't know if he could take them kind of bumps, but you got to give him respect to that. Uh, obviously, uh, we were trying to get away from Big Show. Shit, man was doing this like, nice little parkour thing on the grailing of the stage, trying to use, kicking him in the face, trying to get away. Uh, but then, obviously, it wouldn't be a matter of time before his goons got up and started attacking him again. Obviously, Big Show always get attacked by TNA again from behind. Obviously, we had Shit, man climbing up the rigging, as you said. I thought this was the moment, but wrong match. Shows what I know. Climbed the wing and trying to get away. But um, then we've got Bull Buchanan came out and just basically attacked Big Show from behind. Um, yeah, the numbers game is too much for Big Show. Um, beating him down, beating him down. Um, hit him with some kind sort of like, you know, stage truck rigging. You know, hit him with that. You know, proper using all the environment to try and take out the Big Show. But the finish of the match ended with kind of, uh, was it Big Show was on the floor and then all of a sudden it's Shane Man or pushed a stereo on, uh, on Big Show's leg. Never heard a man yell so loud. I mean, if in real life you're that your leg's done, but obviously it's wrestling, so it's not that's not get too over done with ourselves here. But um, yes, yeah, so we've done that. So we put was it put it on leg and then got a um, kind of um, a brick or a kind of solid cement brick and then smacked it on the uh, in the, uh, the head of the big show. He's out. He's knocked out. Out for the count. Puts the pin. One, two, three. And Shane McMahon lives to fight another day and they get the hell out of there with the Big Show's probably got a broken leg and as well has probably got a concussion. Obviously, don't think it was that bad, obviously, because it's wrestling. But cool finish because it shows they're using all kinds of dastly means to get with the Big Show. 
Um, there's a good chance that eventually, I don't, I think they have a rematch, I don't know, but eventually Shane Man will get his comeuppance. We all know. But um, as a match, as a full count anywhere match, yeah. You use the environment well, you use the stipulation well. You expect with Shane Man, you were going to get these goons involved. Um, he wasn't going to win one on one. It's what the heels do. Uh, Big Show definitely got the applaudits, so it'd be interesting to see what they did. Obviously, I look, I look forward to watching it going into the next thing, King of the Ring, if they had a rematch. Not 100% sure, but um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I don't think it was that long, but I think I liked to kind of like the finish was good with the... you. What would you do if you need to pin someone in a match like that? Just put as many things on top of him, you know, so he can't kick out. It's it's good tactics, I give him that. Face smart, but yeah, I mean, the bit with the stereo was a nice touch with the sparks. Always a cool spot when you see Sake with the sparks coming out. Bring some sort of next level of danger. And, um, yeah, I like it. So, but yeah, good match here. Good match. I really did enjoy it. And um, I look forward to at some point, maybe next year, when I get to Backlash 2001. I've finally seen that spot when he jumps off the top of the sc- scaffolding. Is it SummerSlam or was it Survivor Series? I'm not sure. But I can't wait to see that spot because it's going to be an awesome to talk about. But, um, yeah, so obviously Shantman won this match with a bit of help from his friends. So, um, yeah, but before we get stuck right into reviewing the rest of Judgment Day 2000, here is a word from our sponsor to today's podcast. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is an easier way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D geo.co and be sure to add our podcast in the how do you hear about podgo section of your application so yeah we are back so yeah let's get stuck straight in to talk about a bit more about judgment day 2000 yeah after the big uh, big show versus shape man in a false cat anywhere match we went backstage we had one or two backstage segments one was jay briscoe hiding from everyone because everyone's everyone seems to be after him in this show trying to take his hardcore title away from him so what happens when you're the hardcore champion that's what happened. You've got to defend it anytime, anywhere. And uh, he needed to get some rest. So we obviously, we, he found the ref's room, trying to get some sleep. Similar to how he won the title. you got the ref saw him sleeping and was trying to pin him so they could win the title. But um, Jared Briscoe got up and he was like, had enough of this, really pissed. He's, he's really fed up of having to defend this title. He can't get any respite. But yes, that ends that segment there. Then we got a nice transition into a backstage segment with um, Triple H talking to um, Shawn Michaels, kind of, um, you know, having a casual chat, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, kind of trying to convince him to see his side, you know, in the 60-minute uh, Ironman match uh, where he's the special guest referee. You know, trying to say, you know, maybe lean towards him more than anybody else, maybe. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that sets up nicely for the next match we're going to talk about is the uh, submission match for the WWF Intercontinental Championship with the defending champion Chris Benoit going against Chris Jericho. Uh, Yeah, this kind of um, match is kind of um, set up with a lot of back-and-forth title defences, or like back-and-forth like title going to Jericho, then Chris Benoit, then back-and-forth, that kind of stuff. The kind of what the hot potato thing they used to call when it comes to title, but this time it works because their matches have been really good. But I mean, I think it's like, what, the third one they've had? But um, yeah, this kind of... Um, and it's not even talking about the ones leading up to this pay-per-view, so they've had a good exchange of really good matches at this period. So um, how this all started was basically Chris Benoit lost the title, and I see match between Chris Jericho and a random edition of SmackDown, where Jericho used the belt to get the win. 
Uh, so he is the new Intercontinental Champion at this point. Uh, obviously, after this, Jericho kind of got involved with the kind of um, man Helmsy with, you know, his rivalry with Stephanie Man calling a, you know, a trash pack hole. Can't really say that now, but that was kind of big that back then. Uh, yeah, so obviously as punishment on a edition of Raw, we had a situation where Chris Jericho had to defend the title not once, not twice, but three times. Obviously, at the start of the show, he went against Kurt Angle, one, went against the big show, just about one, and then went against Chris Benoit at the in the main event of the show and um, lost the title by basically being screwed because he was um, Chris Benoit had the crippler crossface on Chris Jericho, but he didn't tap. So and then basically done a Bret Hart Montreal screw job on him. He lost the title. Obviously if they're in charge, so they can't do anything about it. But uh, yeah, that's how. So you know, a nice setup of that kind of stuff. And obviously we had a nice little thing with um, weirdly Harcourt Holly being injected um, the, the uh, go home show saying he wants a shot at the title. And uh, yeah, after the match, after I think a tag team match, you had him attack Chris Benoit, uh, hurt his leg uh, with like chair shots to uh, his leg. So in the go home edition of SmackDown, I mean. So yeah, uh, so he, Chris Benoit went into the match with an injured leg. Uh, obviously, whoever wins this goes against Harcourt Holly on War the next uh, on the, the next night, I think. But yeah, so um, yeah, so set up a really interesting bout, especially with the story going into this in some ways, as well as all the stuff we just talked about. Was a lot of talk was what's the best submission? Who was it? Does was it Chris Jericho's Wall of Jericho's? I mean, Wall of Jericho. I mean, is that a better submission or is it the Crippler Crossface? And a lot of talk and commentary was like, what one is better? Um, if you, if I was going to choose, I'd probably say uh, it depends on. It really just depends. One bends your back so, but so far you have to tap out, and one bends your. Both work on your back and they push push your back. So they're both freaking horrible. If they're actually put on you, like really, if they put a lot of talk on it, you want to want to get that move. So yeah. So but that was the, the kind of discussion they were having on commentary. So uh, but yeah. So the kind of match itself, you had Chris Jericho. Uh, control early on, trying to do some arm bars on Chris Benoit. You know, they, as as you expect, this kind of match is very technical, very submission because obviously it's a submission match, but like a, a more focus on that. Uh, yeah, we well, after that we had like not a lot of counters after counters. You know, Chris Jericho doing things on Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit doing things with Chris Jericho. We had this nice little segment when we had like like a sequence. I mean, where you had Chris Jericho trying to go for a tombstone power driver. But Chris Benoit counted it into a nice shoulder breaker. Really cool move. Um, and after this, you had Chris Benoit kind of doing a flying headbutt from the top on Jericho's injured arm. And then he just started working on the arm. Makes sense because obviously his finisher is utilizing working on the arm to cripple a crossface. So then we had a bit where Chris, Chris Benoit launched Chris Jericho into the steps. Again, keep working on the arm. Makes perfect sense. We had Chris Jericho get back into it, but Chris Benoit was, um, uh, stopped him. Uh, yeah, Chris Benoit setting up the uh, steps to launch Chris Jericho into them, but Chris Jericho countered and then launched, um, was it Chris, Jer- Chris Benoit's knee onto the steps, kind of, he put the steps on the side and kind of like done like a, I can't remember what the move is, like he lifts him up and then slams it down on his knee, properly working on it. Again, they said both working on both body parts that could benefit his, their submission hold, makes sense, submission match, cool stuff. There, really. It's really cool stuff here. Um, then we got some intense back and forth chops by both men. You had Chris Jericho, uh, injured arm, going into the ring post. You had you had Chris Benoit going for an arm bar, but then Chris Jericho was able to get his legs to the ropes. 
then Chris Jericho kept working on that knee. He got back into it. He even took out uh, Chris Benoit's like knee protection kind of thing. You know, the brace took it out. Makes sense. Uh, then he got Chris Jericho hit the lion salt. That again, he has won the Intercontinental title at this point. Uh, but Chris Benoit kicks out at two. We had a really cool like kind of picture segment. Kind of a, uh, to, similar to like Tajui. Tajui? Tajui? That's how you say it. Yeah, like kind of like Tarantula kind of finisher where you had uh, Chris Jericho locking in the walls, Jericho in between the ropes. Obviously, I don't think there was any world breaks. I can't remember the rules of a submission match other than you got to tap out. But um, really, really cool stuff there. There we had, again, more exchanges between these two. You got Jericho trying to go for the rules, the, the walls of Jericho. Uh, Chris Benoit countered. And then we have and then Chris Benoit using his own knee protection to get out of it by hitting him in the back, back. and then Chris Benoit locking in the crippler cross face uh, on Chris Jericho, and then eventually Chris Jericho passed out, um, and yes, we have um, still, I mean, the intercontinental champion, Chris Benoit, in a very, very good match, I mean, it's one of those matches that's just like, again, these two have got a really good thing going at this point, it's what the intercontinental championship should be about, hard-working workhorses that put on great matches, really pushing Chris Benoit at this point. Chris Jericho is really starting to get into his own at this point. Because obviously the, the, obviously he's he's already won technically the WWF title at this point. Obviously if you don't look at the you know record books and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, I like the way it's kind of like uh, Chris Benoit had to cheat at this point. To try and, uh, I mean Chris Benoit, I mean, to try and win the match. Obviously after Chris, uh, Chris Jericho cheated, kind of, to win the title from him. So yeah, I'm not sure if they still have this feud, I don't know. But um, it's, they've got, I mean, again, we all know that amazing Royal Rumble 2001 ladder match. So I just think at this point they had the, their styles meshed really well. And it just, it just made for really good wrestling. And um, on this spot here, it was really good. So I'll give it a 4 out of 5. I mean, it's outstanding. So I love this match. And yeah, so definitely check it out. And um, yeah, so Chris Benoit at this period is still your Intercontinental Champion. So next we go for another backstage segment with uh, Jeff Briscoe yet again. Poor guy. He's been, he can't get any sleep. Everyone's after him. Obviously, Mark and Cole is kind of interviewing him, kind of um, like ask him, how are you doing? And obviously, he's like, everyone's gunning for him. He's tired. He's fed up. Uh, we had this, like, what I like about it is this segment is basically he's interviewing and you've got a delivery guy like coming in. Uh, just you know delivering some stuff for, for the you know the arena and it's just funny like sees him it's like oh he's the intercontinental champion oh there's an opportunity and it looks like he's just about to go behind to try and get like a sneak schoolboy pin but uh briscoe sees him coming and he's like just laughs it's just he's like oh for god's sake and then he walks off but um yeah it's um it's not he's i'll be honest how he survived this night is a mystery but um yeah and then after obviously after that we had the the rock talking to Shawn michaels as we had triple h just prior telling him don't screw with him don't screw him of the title yeah it's kind of the but it'd be interesting to see where it goes but yeah obviously as you know the history Shawn michaels did on that debut edition of smackdown so i like that kind of dynamic to don't do that again the rock's like he's not he's not playing around this is a big match so it'll be interesting when we talk about that later on. But yeah, so obviously now we get into the next match of the card where we talk about a tag team tables match between the Generation X, Road Dog and X Puck going against the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. Um the funny thing about this storyline, it's kind of set up quite weirdly in the sense of it basically was set up because obviously at this point, the sad truth is how did the Dudleys become famous? 
putting women through tables. It's kind, it's kind of a bit bad now, but people loved it back then. It's weird. Uh, so he's, obviously he's put Tory. He's put oh, was it is it May Young? May Young through a table. Uh, he's put many, many women through that through table. Even Trist finally got Trish Stratus through tables we talked about in our back glass review only a couple of months ago. So um, yeah, um, obviously had a bit was the, it started with a backstage segment on a raw where you got Sh- uh, Stephanie Mann and Tori kind of like berating by the way saying how disgusted you put women through tables. That technically they're right, <laughs> they are right. But um, this kind of gives the, by the way an idea. Devon's like, don't do it, don't do it. But you know how much he loves putting people through tables, by the way. And that's his gimmick. Uh, but yeah, and then they kind of, um, off that, kind of, because of that, they kind of got involved in the whole, again, McMahon-Helmsy thing. It seems like a lot of these matches have that, where they all get involved some way with the big authority and it's kind of get punished for it. But um, yeah, but the kind of big kind of go-home, uh, was it, notion that he had was obviously with um, Tori um, putting Bubba Way through a table, basically to beat up the DX, beat up the Dudley boys uh, to a point. Then he set up a table out on the outside, and Tori went to the top, did a nice splash onto Bubba Way. And obviously, that made Bubba Way so unhappy. No one, no one puts him through a table. For me, it reminds me of that kind of, um, was it, dodge, dodgeball reference, like, no one makes me bleed my own blood type thing. And kind of works here so um, but yeah so it was kind of a sim it could sit and say it's a similar setup to the back class match where it's basically where it's like the whole kind of hook was toy you're going through a table it's gonna happen so um yeah so but again just again when it comes to tables matches it's always entertaining i haven't seen a bad one just yet um during this era yet so they, they do know how to make good um, table spots and good table matches. Way more than we normally see. But, um, yeah, so obviously this matching started off with, like, a standard wrestling match. You know, back and forth, quick tags, that kind of stuff, as you expect from um, early on of tag team matches in general anyway. Uh, but we did have a bit where, was it, the Duddy Boys done the what's up, kind of like, you know, headbutt to the groin area move. Can't describe what it is, but yes, on um, Road Dog and X-Puck, you know, so they both get it. Um, obviously the crowd is baying for tables they want someone to go through a table and the question is we know who they want to go for the table it's obviously toy but um the crowd as i just said it's just the crowd but totally out for this it, it always still surprises me how much people are really into this product at this point it's obviously hard to obviously imagine because obviously um get obviously no fans at the moment but like no like we never get that kind of intensity not really until like maybe wrestlemania but they got that like every pay-per-view. It really shows how much they love this product at this point. It's very refreshing to watch. But um, yeah, after that, obviously that we had uh, also DX was quite, DX was going up the ramp saying I've had enough of this. Uh, brawl ensued, and then it all culminated into kind of a two-on-one on Devon Dudley. So then we have a standard tag team match at this point yet again with the usual spot with the whole you know um, two-on-one. Uh, waiting for the partner to tag the uh, face uh, other partner. Crowd are really like um up for this as you as we just said uh we got another one of those um ref didn't see the tag spots we've seen a lot of them we had them a lot of backlash i think we had three of them on the same show another one here i mean it, i think they overdo that spot just a bit i mean it's perfect like it worked i'm not against it because it works because obviously the crowd really wanted that tag so when you find out they got cheated by the heels they get more heat i get it but can it just got a thing of something else but again it wasn't a big problem then but when you've watched when you watch a lot of these shows it's kind of annoying but it's fine but by the way finally got into the match the 
crowd went nuts. The Dudley boys were in control at this point, you know, taking out DX, all that kind of stuff. Go underneath the ring, get three tables. Obviously, that's going to be for uh, Road Dog, X Puck, and Tori. I like it. Crowd knew where it was going. But the uh, first elimination in this match was not the Dudley boys. It was um, doing on DX. It was actually the, the opposite way around when um, on the outside to set up a table. Um, similar to um, the way that um, Tori did on um, Bubba Dudley. But um, we had a pump handle slam by Road Dog on Devon Dudley. And he goes for the table and is the first to be eliminated. So, but then after that, it wasn't too long until the Dudleys got elimination when Bubba Dudley hit a power bomb on X Puck, so he goes through the table. So now it's just Bubba and Road Dog, whoever goes through the table first wins the match. So after that, we had a bit where the referee goes through the table. Um, I think he had set, set up in the corner. I think it was trying to um, get out of the way, we chucked him. It didn't really break, but it was just kind of funny. Look, it's like, ah, oh. so the ref's out, as you expect. So it's number one, but they're, they're going through the tropes here, aren't they? Refs doesn't see the tag, <laughs> and also the ref the ref gets taken out again. You know the old joke in wrestling. You all know about refs. They're made of paper. You know, hitting them once and they're out for like twenty minutes. But in this case, it's the same old trope. Then Briscoe comes out, um, trying to help his um his um, um Helmsy Era faction members. But he gets taken out by the Dudleys. Uh, but it looks like the match was won by the Dudleys when we got a three D by the Dudleys on Road Dog to go through a table. They've won the match. As, you, as we've just joked earlier, the ref was out. So, couldn't see it. So, after this, we've got Briscoe um, gets Road Dog out of there. Uh, then we've got Tori standing up to Bubba Bad move. Bad move. And uh, then after that, it's just basically Bubba like grabs Tori, uh, go to the top, going to do that power, well, sit down power bomb from the top for the table. But then Briscoe comes to, sa- to, sa- to save Tori. And uh, with a low blow on Bubba and we know how much he does. He makes very strange facial expressions when someone punches him, kicks him in the bollocks. But, um, yeah, obviously another thing I need to point out. Briscoe, a defender of women's rights. I find it funny that they're using that as like a running gag, where now that's probably not cool. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it, as I said here, it doesn't age well, those kind of comments. But, um, but yes, but then the match actually want, uh, ended when X-Pac went to the top and hit a X-Factor on Bubba Ray through the table. DX win. Sh- we all know that's not how it went down. Then after that, Briscoe was just getting really cocky. Someone's going through a table. Someone's getting a 3D. Briscoe gets 3D'd by the Dudley boys. Gets put through a table. He's out. And yeah, so maybe DX won the match, but the Dudley boys are the ones standing tall here. But uh, one thing I do find quite funny is like no one thought that the guy's out to put for the table. No one's going to come and pin him, try and take that hardcore title away from Briscoe. I feel it's a missed opportunity. I mean, come on, Crash, wouldn't he want his title back? It's a weird one, but you know, maybe it might happen on the next episodes that when I start watching out for the next review. So, but yeah, again, table matches are always fun because everyone likes people. Everyone likes putting people through tables. It's just one of those things. But I like it. But. Yeah, I think it's pretty much what Duddy's are. It's pretty similar to the kind of uh, match between TNA on uh, Backlash, kind of. Kind of similar thing. Someone needs to go for another woman needs to go for a table, that kind of stuff. But um, it worked. I mean, it was fine. Um, I, again, it was just fine. It was just enjoyable. Obviously, the, us- the, the usual kind of like, you know, st- they're using too much of the kind of same tropes at this point. But it still works with the era they're using it. But yeah, 
So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, the, the story is that, yeah, Tori's going for a table at some point. It's going to happen. Just uh, they're just uh, good, good, good heel kind of work. Teasing it out. She's going for that table at some point. Probably on the wall after this event. Probably. But obviously, I can't confirm that because I, I haven't watched it yet. So, yeah, it should be good. But, yeah, good match. I'll give it a three out of five. Standard we good table matches. I said, I haven't seen a bad one yet. So, and I don't think you can ever really, can you really do a bad tables match? I don't think you can. I mean, it's one of those, it's got one of the tropes of it's always fun seeing someone go for a very cool table. So, yeah. So, you know, good stuff. But, yeah. Three out of five. Good match. Yeah. Don't check it out. So, um, yeah. Good stuff here. So, here we are. We're finally here. The main event of the evening. The 60-minute Ironman match for the WWF Championship with the champion, The Rock, defending against... Triple H in a match that basically was set up because they tried absolutely everything on the rock to try and get that tile off him and back on Triple H. They tried everything. They tried a steel cage match with Shane, the challenger. The rock escaped that. They had a tag team match when it was DX versus the rock and El Hebner, where if either El Hebner or the rock gets pinned, he, the rock loses his title to Triple H, whoever pinned him. But none of this worked. The Rock won those matches. Nothing worked. So, uh, to everyone's surprise in the ring at the, at the time, Triple H offered a challenge to The Rock for a 60-minute Ironman match. He didn't reply for a while because, obviously, I think he was. this was still around about the time he was just starting his movie career. So, I think it was like the uh, Scorpion King. I think he was filming that or some sort of film. can't remember. But, yes, so um, he didn't come back. But he did accept the challenge. But um, we obviously, this match got a nice little um, turn a bit left field. Randomly, um, Shane, uh, not Shane, man, Sean Michaels got involved and kind of um, requested that he becomes a special guest referee after Linda McMahon kind of appointed him as kind of her liaison, like, you know, representative. Because obviously we've still got that storyline between Linda McMahon and Vince McMahon with the whole, like, you know, woman wants to, you know, stand up to her husband type thing. It's a bit weird, but this is the start of that feud. So, yes, yeah, so Shawn Michaels was a bit of a curveball. Did it need it? Probably not. I mean, if you've got a walk versus Triple H in a 60-minute Ironman match, it's kind of a, it's enough for me. But apparently putting Shawn Michaels in there is kind of a, like an internal factor, I guess, just a, a bit more, you know, eye-catchingness, if that's a word, into this match. But again, Shawn Michaels, it's good to see him back, obviously, in this case. Um, obviously, I haven't seen him for a while. I think uh, I don't think he was around a lot for two thousands. Might be wrong, but yeah. So obviously, he's special. Obviously, we're talk uh, special guest referee talking about a lot during the show. A lot of them trying to figure out who's he's going to, whose side he's going to pick. That's kind of the hook for this match. But um, yeah, I mean, it's got, it's what it's what as I said, it's the intro of the show. It's the it's the thing that everyone was waiting for. It's the main events. What everyone talks about. It had a cool stuff in it so but yes 60 minutes a lot to talk about here i think we had a lot of falls to talk about so yes let's get stuck in to talk about this probably one a very an instant classic from a feud between the rock and triple h that is probably i wouldn't say underrated because it is appreciated but everyone talks about um vincent man versus stone cold everyone talks about the rock versus stone cold but I, I don't think people really appreciate how good the triple h versus the rock feud was in the early 2000s i've not i've really got a, a good appreciation of it it's just i think it works you got the rocks they're both good talkers in the ring um they kind of they could they've got good chemistry they could put on some good matches and this match proved it it's still quite shameless in that weird segment a couple of years ago that they never main-evented WrestleMania. You know, probably should have main-evented WrestleMania 2000. 
but the rest is history because that would have made that show so much better. So, but anyway, that's, um, but anyway, let's dive straight into this. Let's go into it. Let's let's, let's talk about this sixty-minute Iron Man match. Uh, but yeah, so we've got the first. You start. Let's start with the first fall. You've got basically slow paced. It's basic wrestling as you as you expect. We had some nice quick roll up pins by the Rock. Then we got uh, both men working on each other's arm. You know, submission makes sense if you've got sixty minutes working on a, an arm. That kind of stuff could work. But um, yeah, obviously it only took like forty nine minutes. Kind of, uh, I'm not going to get time older when the falls were in this match. But um, yeah, as as you expect, a random Rock bottom out of nowhere from the Rock on Triple H get the fir- first fall. But they did, um, and gets a win, so it's 1-0 to The Rock in this point. So, um, really early on, so not great for tri- Triple H at this point. Obviously, The Rock holding his arm, because obviously that hurts. So, I didn't, it kind of didn't really play out into the finish. But, you know, trying to show that, you know, they're, they're going to get injured. It's going to hurt, because they've still got a long way to go. But um, after this, it got very brutal. It got kind of like, you know, it's about fighting up in the ramps. Uh, we had this thing where Triple H tried to go for that running knee that he does. But um, what was it? Um, tri- uh, the Rock got out of the way and hit the barricade. Really, really cool stuff. And then, and then after that, The Rock started working on Triple H's leg. Slamming it into the ring post, the steel steps, that kind of stuff. So working on that is, again, it seems like similar to the Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit match. Very like, you know, one works on the arm, one works on the leg. Something they can work on later to maybe get an early fall. Maybe. But um, you had The Rock um, locking in the figure four leg lock on Triple H. Uh, it was just, just, uh, we had some cool thing with the, uh, because the pain hurts so much, you had Triple H laying on his back, obviously shoulders are down. We had one or two, three times that happened where we got a quick fall with Shane McMahon um, kind of um, taking the pin, uh, doing the pin there. Uh, then Triple H reversed the figure four leg lock and then we just go back and forth by both men. The crowd were up for this and we're only in like, not even like 15 minutes into the match yet. So let's see if they can keep going at this point. Uh, we had, obviously, as you expect, fighting in the crowd. It went everywhere. We had triple H, and then Triple H was control. The match was getting slow. We started off slow, as you said, but it got quicker and quicker. Uh, then we got Triple H goes for the um, steel steps, but, um, but goes into the steel steps knees first, I mean, by the Rock. So still working on that knee. Rock keeps working on that knee. Uh, Triple H tries to go for a figure four leg lock attempt, but as of not as as of the first fall, the Rock got a, a a move out of nowhere. Triple H hits a pedigree out of nowhere, and then boom! So it's one white at this point. Then we got the third fall that went out quickly, and trip, uh, we had Triple H uh, roll up the Rock for a quick three. So in a matter of like a minute, Triple H has gone from one nil down. To now being 2-1 ahead in this fall. But then I like the kind of thing from The Rock here. Was like He's out of it. Like I think like what, 30 minutes, what, 40, 30 minutes into this so far. The Rock, he's selling it so well. He's like so out of it at this point. Uh, then you got, was it? But then The Rock still had energy. It's The Rock. Not oh, we can take him down. Yeah, The Rock obviously did fighting. I think on, on the stage again. And obviously hit uh, Triple H into the Tantron. He had a nice little Triple H hitting the suplex on The Rock on the ramp. But again, both men are overly exhausted at this point as well. So good good stuff here we had the rock hit and a back body drop on triple h but um but yes obviously then triple h came and no one hit a pile driver on the rock in the ring to get the free and yeah it's free one at this point so triple h is in charge here you know so um as you expect what i like about this is like it it's, it's not cheating he's not doing anything underhanded he's just doing good stuff it shows sometimes with heels you kind of have to you know 
let them show how badass they are. You can't always be like chickens to your heels. We don't really get that anymore. You know, like, actually, I actually have to show that they're really cool and they're actually as good as they say they are. It might annoy you, but it, it's what makes people good heels. But uh, yeah, so it's 3-1 at this point. Triple H is just on a roll here. Um, so like Triple H is slowing the pace down, as you expect. He's in control. He's got a two, two full lead. Uh, Triple H, for some reason, goes to the top and then, but The Rock stops him and they f- throws him off the top. Both men are down. Um, you know, it's basically, it's just basically people exhausted at this point. The Rock goes for the pin. Triple H just kicks out. But every time The Rock kind of um, kind of shows like The Rock just slowly gets more momentum, gets more momentum. Triple H stops him. Uh, we have a lot of these sleeper holds we got. It makes sense trying to take him out at this point. Maybe if he takes him out now, it might be for good. Uh, we had a lot of uh, cheating by Triple H. Obviously, he wants to get using the ropes for leverage, try and get locked that sleeper hold in more. Uh, Shawn Michaels obviously being an impartial ref at this point. We must point out that Shawn Michaels is not like no cheating, no alliances at this point. He's just so impartial. So it makes me think why he's involved in the first place if he doesn't. Obviously, talk about the more on the finish. But um, yeah, stops Triple H. Triple H isn't happy with Shawn Michaels because obviously he's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be on my side. Uh, the Rock goes for the pin, gets the two, and then we get a nice DDT by Triple H to get the three. And um, yeah, when, when was the last time I think on like DDT? Got, you know, got is a finisher to the match. Not surprised since Jake the Snake Roberts when he, that was his finisher to get a win. So yeah, so it's three two. So the the comeback is on. The comeback is on. Can the Rock? Can the Rock get back into this? Um, yes. Enough. This it got brutal at this point. We got obviously as you expect around about the announced table kind of timekeeper's area. You got the Rock bouncing Triple H's head off the timekeeper table. Uh, then you got you got the Triple H trying to go for trying to use the chair, but Shawn Michaels stops him saying nope. This is going to be a fair contest. I like that from Shawn Michaels. And then The Rock goes to, uh, goes into the steps again. Another throw in there. And then we have, obviously, The Rock hits a net break on Triple H on the outside. Very nicely looking. And then, um, to everyone's shock at this point, we had Triple H hits The Rock with a steel chair uh, and, gives the f- and, and gives the fall to The Rock. It's really weird. Even Shawn was like, what are you doing? And ever, even the, like, the announcers were like, what are you doing? Uh, but it was all part of his master plan, Triple H. Because obviously at this point, it's like Trip, uh, The Rock was bleeding. Like, you know, like a stuffed pig, as they say. And it's just, he's out of it. So obviously then Triple H uh, goes to the pin with um, using the ropes for leverage, you know, cheating to get the wit- to get the fall. So yes, maybe The Rock made it 3-3. But Triple H had a plan, so that's 4-3 here. So Triple H again has got the advantage. So at this point, Triple H is going to try and finish it off. The Rock is bleeding, as I said. Then goes for the sleeper yet again, uh, but um, but the Rock, gets, you know, starts to build back his momentum. But then Triple H grinds him down. But um, but then after that, obviously, but it wasn't enough. The Rock's momentum trying to get into this match wasn't enough, and he's out. So another fall to Triple H. He's now got his two full advances again, five three. My God, it's all against the champion of the Rock. He's out of it at this point. But this is uh, the next fall is where it kind of got very interesting. Obviously, we got um, we had uh, was it Shane, Shane, you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H facing off, you know, because obviously, you know, Shawn's not liking what Triple H is doing at this point. Uh, but uh, but then Rock finally gets up after having a nice nap, gets back into it, throws Triple H over the top rope, and what I like about it, it kind of went over the top rope, and it kind of hit the cameraman. Cameraman probably didn't position himself quite well, but it's again, it, it I think kind of works to me. It shows the unpredictability of the show. But um, it's just kind of funny. I mean, the cameraman got a bump. It's a poor cameraman. Uh, but then, obviously, for some reason, Triple H goes to the top. Uh, the Rock stops him again. It's a nice, as you a classic su- uh, superplex from the top on Triple H. 
Um, you've got the rock hooks the leg, but Triple H just kicks out. Again, both men are probably really out of it. A lot of high, intense move. Uh, then we have obviously the, the Triple H catapulted into the post by the rock. You know, one of the old moves. I mean, to be fair, the rock's probably the best person to even take that fall, that kind of stuff, because the guy's amazing. It's awesome stuff. But um, yeah, and then obviously, then after that, we had obviously Triple H whipping the rock into the steps again. A lot of same spots here. Then we've got both men on the announce table. Uh, but Triple H is going to try and uh, try and hit the Rock's own rock bottom on the announce table. Typical heel, never do that. Uh, but the Rock hits um, the pedigree on Triple H. He, I mean, he reverses and hits the pedigree on Triple H on the announce table. But it didn't break, so that must have hurt. I mean, I, I just find it funny that announce table is like it, this one t- time it wants to be good, and then another time it just wants to like be like really sturdy. It's weird. It's weird. But yeah, so see, that was a poster break. Uh, but then you got the rock get back into the ring, and then the rock just goes for the pin. Uh, was it uh, goes uh, wins the fall because Triple H is so out of it that you get so the rock gets a count out victory. So at this point it's five four again and have a comeback from the rock as you expect. It's the rock. So at this point, obviously, you think my man's are getting really uh, kind of worried at this point because um, because it's like okay, like the man's not going to win. The rock's going to find a way to win because it's a draw. The Rock keeps his title, so he needs to win. So at this point, the McMahon's came out. Uh, we obviously got Shane McMahon, Trip, uh, Shane McMahon, and Vince McMahon. Uh, Triple H almost get uh, gets um, counted out again because he's so out of it from that kind of um, pedigree on the table. Uh, but obviously, the Rock, uh, but the Triple H gets back into it. The Rock's on fire at this point. Um, he's just going for it, going for it. He got Shane and Vince coming on the on the outside. Uh, trying to you know try you know trying to get involved but he gets a nice punch on the apron they're both out but then the rock hits shane uh yeah both on the apron then the rock hits the people's elbow on triple h gets the free and it's five five it's equal looks like the rock's gonna do it looks like the rock's gonna do it but then after this obviously the um uh we had this bit where shane what was it was it was it sean michaels who just back off will uh, count the pin for the rock um, for another attempt, but um, Shane pulled him out. Starts arguing with him. Shane's had enough. Takes out short. Shane man takes out Vince, and then obviously the DX come out, and then obviously um, Shane Matt, Shawn Michaels is taken out as well. DX come out as well. Obviously the rock hits the rock bottom on Triple H. Uh, then we hear some weird music in the background at this point. Uh, obviously it's been that thing if you've been watching the the one Smackdowns leading up to the show, it was kind of like you know like Judgment Day is coming. It's basically announced for the Undertaker. Sorry, the spoiler, spoiler warning. But um, yeah, it felt felt like out off-putting. It felt weird. It didn't feel like they planned it because it's like it's this weird background, but no one's noticing it, so it's like no one really cared. So yeah, at this point, obviously, it's you know, it's like the West down taking advantage of it. Four-one beat down on the Rock. Seems to be a common thing. Poor Rock. And then all of a sudden, boom, the Undertaker's here. You know, his music, new American badass. You know, I mean. Kind of randomly badass. Dowie's motorcycle. Um, he hits. Uh, was it Triple H? Hits the pedigree on the rock. No one's seen it because everyone's too focused on the Undertaker. Uh, but uh, Shawn Michaels got out. Um, got up at this point. Obviously, the Undertaker's just cleaning house in the ring. And obviously, uh, the Undertaker tombstones Triple H before the, the time stops. That's how the match ended. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if it was the choke slam that did it or was it the tombstone that did it. It was, I'm guessing that was supposed to be the confusion. Obviously, Shawn Michaels just got up to see that. Uh, I think it was the choke slam that did it. Uh, but obviously, he choke slammed uh, Triple H. Shawn Michaels had no choice but to DQ. 
uh, The Rock because obviously he's interfering on his behalf. So Triple H, controversially, is the new WWF champion. And yeah, I mean, the crowd were pissed. <laughs> like, like that's a... like This match was really good. I mean, I'm, I'm overstating how good this match is. Really good stuff here. It's just like the falls, the back and forth. You know, Triple H was going to win. Rock fought back. Triple H got the advice again. The Rock fought back. It looked like the Rock was just about going to find a way to win. And then the Undertaker comes out trying to clean house, help the Rock. But unfortunately, inadvertently, costs him the match. But I mean, Shawn Michaels here was just like, if that's supposed to be the controversy, that could be any ref. So I, I feel, I know why they put him in there to kind of like put the name factor, but... In a sense of anything, he didn't really do much other than just he was involved and maybe like that controversial call, but that could be any ref. So it, I don't see the point of him being in this match personally. But yeah, so obviously I don't the finish. Let's talk about the finish. It's it's not it's, it's very controversial. I mean, did it need to happen? The Undertaker could have just been a situation where if you wanted Triple H to um, get the win, there's better ways to do it. But, I mean, the way it looked, if you want to do it properly, just a situation that they thought they were going to get the win. The Undertaker comes out, guessing that's the point, takes everyone out. The Rock hits the Rock bottom, gets the three. He takes the title and then starts a feud between the Rock goals against somebody else. And then Triple H is trying to take out The Undertaker because he cost him the title. I'm assuming that's what they're going for, but they, I'm guessing it was a lot of swerveness during this era. So I'm guessing they're trying to mix it up a bit and do something different, but... I mean, it, it could be where it goes, because again, I don't know the story that well, as I should. This is why I'm doing this review and doing this podcast, really, so I can watch it and, you know, watch it as everybody else would watch it at the time. But, um, yeah, obviously, Yantaker didn't mean to do that, so I don't know, would that start a few with the Rock? You know, I don't think it does, but it does start conflict. That's the best kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it c- you could say the finish kind of ruined it in some ways, but it's the attitude, attitude errors, what they do, kind of. It's what they do. It's fine. But um, if, if you take away from the actual match, they paced it well. For a 60-minute Iron Man match, it was really well paced. Um, I liked I liked the kind of back and forths. I liked the kind of like the rock, you know, like proper like underdog kind of stuff. Like, you know, Triple H looks like he's, he's in control. The Rock comes back. Back and forth. Had all the moments. It's a great match. Um, I kind of like the idea that the reason I think this is apparently at this point, it's only the second Iron Man match in history. So I kind of like the idea that the first, obviously they think they were trying to go for the idea that the first one had barely any falls and there's only one fall near the end after overtime. Sure, Michael's ironically, it's probably why he's involved. But yeah, I think uh, but this one had multiple falls, but it didn't feel rushed. It felt earned. It didn't feel like it was over the top. But I liked it. As always, I'm probably overstating how good this match was. Again, I think any of the main events during this era was pretty damn good, except for WrestleMania 2000. Most of them deliver, and I think that's consistently delivered as well. That's important. It's probably why they won the war against WCW. It's important. I mean, if you've got to deliver on your main events, it's it's got to be done. Maybe a whole show can suck, but if the main event's amazing, no one cares. It's perfectly... I don't think anyone does anyway. I think what annoys people the most is bad main events. If the main event um, like kind of ends badly for you, it gives you this bad sour taste in your mouth. Doesn't feel right. Um, so I think this does deliver to a point. I don't think they should have done that kind of finish. But again, hindsight's a beautiful thing, so I can say that. But if if the whole point is basically making the people be pissed, to be like, what's going to happen on Raw? And it worked. So you know, good for them. But um, I'm intrigued to watch the rest of this but um yeah good match so we have a new 
WWE Champion in Triple H. So I look forward to seeing where this will go. So yeah, this is my view of Judgment Day 2000. Yeah, again, really good, solid, similar to Backlash. Really good stuff. Most of the matches were delivered in some way and had uh, good moments to talk about. Obviously, the um, tag team match with uh, the six-man tag at the beginning, fun, short, done the job, really fun to watch. Uh, Triple H, uh, the uh, kind of radicals triple threat for the European title was really fun, I think. It shows the chemistry. Um, I don't know if that's where they go, but again, good stuff there. We obviously had the uh, the uh, Shane McMahon versus Big Show that kind of div- wasn't the most um, interesting one in my point, but it kind of delivered in the sense of it still had to call moments. Uh, the submission match between Benoit and Jericho, awesome as always. And obviously the main event was just freaking awesome. And obviously the tag team Ted match before that was fun as well. So, I mean, it, it was a good flowing show. I think it was really fun. Like, I don't think there's any bad matches on here. Like, they're all pretty good standard, really good standard. I mean, it's it's one of those pay-per-views where it's good to great, not okay to good. That's always good. I mean, but, but sorry, I know, I know how ridiculous that sounded. But um, but the point is, basically, I think at this point, like, WWF is getting their stride on. Because obviously you had Way um, Rumble was good. No Way Out was pretty good as well. I think they, they, I think they pretty much during this part, they just, they know what they're doing at this point. They've got the structure and it works, and you can see it. You can start to see it with the last two shows, especially Backlash and Judgment Day, is they finally, fa- finally found the the formula that kind of works for them. And I think that's probably why in the end, most of two thousand, most of the shows were pretty damn good. So, but yeah, so I would give this what eight out of ten, maybe nine, if you if you really loved the main event, really bumped it as i said said and just said it's like bumps up any review so but yeah it's a good a good show i mean i mean i don't know it's just i don't want to sit there and be like an attitude there a fanboy but i just i'm I'm starting to get why people love the 2000s more they're so interconnecting storylines that work so well and it's like you want to watch war you want to watch smackdown and you want to watch these pay-per-views because there are some cool stuff in there and it's not just nostalgia because a lot of this didn't watch so and this is coming from just a wrestling purview you know looking at wrestling from an eye of a person that loves it so but yeah um but yeah anyway this is the end of the review we've got there we've done it um oh i think it's a nice short one this one i don't think it's too long as my last other ones so but yeah so obviously when it comes to reviewing we'll be i'll be back for my review i think it's king of the ring next it's gonna be a fun one that should be out uh that'll be out probably like uh, next month should be fine um trying to get like a schedule uh, but yeah, this one there, there will be a schedule for this. This should be out probably, uh, probably Wednesday, Thursday next week. Obviously, when I record this, so it'll be out in a couple of days. But um, yeah, as I said if you like what you, um, if you're at the end of this podcast, you like what you hear. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much for watching. Um, please like and subscribe. That really help build up my own YouTube channel. That'd be awesome. You can follow me on my Twitter at StuartIrvine91 if you want to put some comments wrestling. I want to talk about wrestling with anyone, so please do. So let me know on that. Go on my Instagram at Irvine Stewart if you want to, you know, uh, check out some of my other stuff I do, music reviews and other kind of maybe football-related stuff as well, so check that out. Um, but yeah, it's um, good stuff. So I, I, I enjoyed doing this. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, yeah, so they'll be back for King of the Wing 2000. That's gonna be fun. A lot of matches on that because they decided to do a quad, was it quarterfinal matches in the pay per view? So instead of the semi final matches, so a lot of wrestling to talk about. So that's gonna be maybe a long one. So, but I hope you've enjoyed. I'll be back soon. Have an awesome week and see you guys later. Bye, everyone. Bye.